Hello everyone and welcome to the next episode of What's Happening in Travel. I am Kerwin. And, and I'm Gushra. My, uh, go. Oops. And that's Oops. okay, Gushra, you're right on cue. <laughs> no, that's good. And um, uh, today uh, we've got a uh, quite a bit to say and um, just one October to, 10th. Uh, it's October 10th, thank you. And uh, we're trying to give you half an hour episode, so uh, we're probably going to end up going to like every other day you'll get an episode because we have so many in the queue. Um, uh, Kusha, what airplane do you have on your back? I have a Thai 744. Uh, yes, Currently that, grounded, uh, but <laughs> hopefully uh, soon yeah. back in the air. Yeah. And I have a Malaysia Airlines 747-400. You can only see the tail because this photo didn't stretch too well. Uh, and then next to that is a Singapore Airlines A380 and a bunch of British Airways airplanes. I think this was taken in London at some point uh, that I did this, probably just taxiing out to the runway. Um, uh, Malaysia does not operate a 747 there. No. I don't think, right? Yeah. But I like um, that logo. Yeah, I do like their logo. And it's an airline in such turmoil. Jeez. Yep. Um, uh, all right. So. Uh, remember, um, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and we're available on all the um, all the things out there. And I actually have noticed that our numbers are getting um, better, so more people are actually downloading on Google Podcasts and also Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much for that, and we appreciate it if you go in and actually leave a review uh, because that counts. Yes, please give feedback. We definitely need that. Um, we have actually uh, made over, I think we've had about 200,000 downloads. Okay. Uh, so people are downloading and I hope you all are listening and, uh, and give us feedback. We're definitely looking for that. So we're starting. Oh. Otherwise we will think that we're doing well and we're just gonna continue going until you tell us we're terrible. <laughs> um, Okay, so um, what's going on with, uh, in, in Indian aviation, there's like a ton of low cost carriers there and SpiceJet is one of them. So what's the latest news on SpiceJet? So this one makes, I'm by no means an expert, even though I th would like to think I was, this plan makes no sense to me at all. <laughs> okay. London Heathrow is of course the holy grail of most airlines in the world and especially from India. Yeah. given the extent of the point-to-point uh, -point traffic between India and London and the UK. So SpiceJet, which is overwhelmingly uh, domestic LCC, they have operations, of course, to the Middle East and Southeast Asia. They have decided that they want to fly into London Heathrow under this air bubble agreement that they have with the UK using at least 330-900 NEO. This is from Portuguese uh, carrier High Fly. The reason this makes no sense to me is that they are going to start flights from Delhi on a twice weekly basis and from Bombay on a once weekly basis, which makes even less sense. <laughs> Given that they are going to, and they're going into Heathrow, which is a high cost airport with expensive um, slots, slot prices, um, and uh, landing fees and all that, 
and the downturn in aviation, I don't know how this makes any sense. Clearly they know more than I do. But what I thought was even more interesting is that there are now going to be five airlines for Delhi, London, Heathrow, given that it's Air India, British Airways, Virgin, Vistara, which is another Indian carrier, and now SpiceJet. And with a twice a week frequency, I just cannot see this route making any money, especially from Bombay with its once a week frequency, hmm. which has Air India, Virgin, uh, so far on it. Hmm. Well, well, on the route. Kingfisher so, King used to be there years ago before they right, started to start, right? Right. Kingfisher was horribly managed though. And SpiceJet, I mean, they've survived a lot longer than Kingfisher has. Mm-hmm. But um, let's see how long this lasts. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad Kingfisher decided to stick with making beer. <laughs> but they've um, introduced a $728 round trip uh, fare as an introduction, introductory promo cost. And the one way start from 350 US dollars uh, westbound, so India to London, and about $400 um, eastbound from uh, UK to India. Oh, the They're not allowed to, um, it's only point-to-point traffic and passengers are not allowed to um, connect onto other secondary destinations. So I don't know how they're going to stop that because if you have two separate PNRs, how will anyone know? Well, right, well, that, that, and they know, they know people are going to do that, but I guess they're just saying that um, uh, they don't have an inter interline agreement. It's like no, they in, don't. Yeah, so it's like in Singapore, it's very similar uh, with a lot of low cost carriers that like you can't connect from like um, Air <clears throat> Asia X to United, for example. Um, huh. You have to you you literally have to enter the country and go check in again. Uh, you can't you can't do it in transit. If you get to the gate or something, they tell you you need to go down. Let's say you have to quarantine them. In the UK, uh, uh, yeah, this is even before quarantine and yeah. all that. So yeah, but, so, that's, so that's the thing. They're like they're saying you cannot connect on these fares uh, because. So here's have, the weird thing. The weird Another thing. weird thing. Um, if you check the fares, Air India with a daily service is cheaper, and Air India is a full service carrier, whereas SpiceJet is an LCC. So you have to buy your meals on SpiceJet, <laughs> um, paying more than you do on Air India. Did they not research this? <laughs> I don't know. Well, are they going to provide meals on this? Because that's a long way to, to fly without meals. But uh, Well, I mean, um, people bring their own food. Although, like, I know that um, with Scoot in, in um, Singapore, you can't bring your own food. They actually forbid you from bringing their yeah. own food. But I don't know if, um, if these people do that. I, I, yeah. Not everybody. Eats no, SpiceJet, you have to buy food on board, but so you not, can bring. Yeah, not everybody eats on planes, you know. People, people but it's, a, it's a seven to eight hour flight, though, right? Yeah, they just bring their own food. True, true. Yeah, people but... bring their own food. And actually, you know, these days, uh, so like I've lost a ton of weight, and it's because I'm not eating at really weird times when I'm flying. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I can, I mean, if you want to eat, eat healthy, you know, you hmm. stay from some airline foods. So this was from a site called Airline Geeks. Yeah. So we'll see how long this one lasts. <laughs> yeah, that's quite interesting. Um, all right. Uh, so 
uh, Qatar is, they've been flying all over. I've seen them. I think they reintroduced Houston. And a friend of mine yes. just, took their, uh, just took their LA flight um, two or three days ago. She was flying, okay. Q, she was flying Q Suite. Um, but it might have been a paid gig or something. And so where else are they flying out of the West Coast? They just announced San Francisco. This was the one huge omission from their US route network. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really quite clear why they hadn't flown into San Francisco. But um, I just found out that Emirates, surprisingly, has uh, removed San Francisco from their winter schedule. That's a big omission, though. I mean, there are others in North America, specifically, and I mean, other, sorry, cities around the world that they have um, stopped flying service to for until at least March 2021. I thought San Francisco was the biggest one. So that may have had something to do with it. Yeah. Since Emirates is, is not flying, um, Qatar decided to go in with a four times weekly service with the A359. And also the fact that Alaska, uh, which is a huge operator at SFO, is a one world partner. So they may have some feed from Alaska but um, Alaska can also feed them from their current net, from their current gateways in the US. So I'm not exactly sure if Alaska was a big draw for Qatar, but anyway, yeah. they've announced service okay. starting in December. Or maybe it's just so, His Excellency. Flex- December 15th. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, he has quite the presence, Kusha, you know, when he-, when he Of says- course he does. Yeah, when he says do something, um, everybody jumps. Uh, it, it's quite interesting to watch his press conference and the actually yes, uh, but he's actually a really nice guy. Um, <laughs> his his aura is like, oh my god, I'm the guy. But you know, when when you talk to him, he, he's very forceful and very direct, um, and and he doesn't stand for foolishness. <laughs> so. But if a Western guy does that, it's okay. But if someone else does it, it's considered eccentric and this uh, and that. Yeah. But, you know, it's because of, you know. It, it, we it won't get into that. that. It, it, yeah. It, it, makes, it makes good publicity, though. Of course it does. Um, so that's pretty funny. Well, yeah, he's probably just like, you know what? We're going in. Um, they probably looked at, looked at numbers and saw that it'll work. But again, here's another... Um, city where there are now so many airlines going to India in particular, because There's the San money. Francisco to India market is huge. Yeah, tech. Could- and you have United, yes, yes. <laughs> you have United, Lufthansa, Singapore, most of the Southeast Asian carriers, Emirates in the past, and now um, British Airways, um, and now Qatar. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, it, I mean, you think about it, right? Um, India has a huge population. Um, I think if you, if you had like 10 carriers serving the market, you would still, you would still do well. Um, because yeah, you know, but, there's, a, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of tech and people bring their families. Yeah. Um, Generally, those are very low yielding um, flights though. Well, Except during the yeah. Christmas and Houston is the same way because Houston has actually a huge tech 
and Houston, um, you know, people don't talk about it or you don't hear people talking about it, but there are a lot of H-1B visas here in Houston. Yeah, yeah. But again, um, mostly business stuff. H-1B, uh, mostly associated with business. It, it, they it do is. travel. They do it travel. is, but they do travel. Um, yep. But it's they quite, call it, it VFR. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, no, Which is it, visiting friends and relatives. I know. I was just going to say you have to explain VFR because VFR also means visual flight rules if you're a pilot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is true. Uh, all right. So, so um, yeah, needless to say, airlines are looking at different markets. And they're pissing each other off because that's what airlines do in, a, in, in any environment. And then, you know, one person does something and the other one go, oh, wait a minute, you can't do that. Here's what I'm going to do. And then they try to duke it out. And one decides that it's not worth it. Uh, all right. So speaking of that, um, there are, I mean, the world has a lot of airlines. Um, I would actually think the world has too many airlines. Because last time I checked in the database, there's like over 5,000 airline codes out there and are still active. Mm. Um, and I've only flown like 180 of them, so I have a lot, a lot to go. <laughs> and some of those are no longer flying. So um, uh, there's South, Af South African Airways, which takes care of, which is based in South Africa, and Ethiopian, which is based in uh, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Um, one of them is not doing so well, and Krishna is going to tell us um, what may become of the two of them. So South Africa is probably considered the most prosperous country in, on the continent. Um, and South African Airways is a member of Star Alliance. And again, a lot of your viewers may know that they're in a lot of trouble financially. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, the government has been trying to shut the, shut the airline down and restart without too much success. So this week I found out that Ethiopian Airlines, which is probably one of the best run airlines in Africa, is now close to signing a deal with the South African government to provide services on a wet lease basis so that they provide the aircraft and the crew and the maintenance to operate on behalf of South African Airways. Now, I don't know. I mean, this is a, probably a huge slap in the face for South Africa. Well, but using it all. <laughs> yeah. But will they have to repaint the aircraft? At least say South African Airways operated by Ethiopian or not? Because remember, Ethiopian's logo is this huge uh, banner style across the entire forward fuselage. Yeah. So I'm curious to know how this will develop. But I've, um, I've done a wet lease flight before. And um, uh, it's interesting what they do. Um, it was a night flight, so I can't remember what the air. Uh, oh God, what was it? Um, I was going from. It was from actually from South Africa. I think I was doing South Africa to Europe somewhere. Okay. Um, but they did say that they were not interested in either bailing out the airline or purchasing a stake in South African Airways. So, yeah. Yeah, I th typically what they'll do is that once you get inside the airplane, it'll be all, everything is South, Afri um, South African Airways. How though? Um, they change the stuff. So like they, they'll change, in the one I had, um, I have to go back and look at my thing. Um, they, they, but it's the, a wet lease though. They can't do that. Yeah, like the safety cards, they will change them to say, yeah, yeah, okay. to say uh, South <clears throat> African on it. 
um, the the marketing, the stuff that they give you is all is all South African. Um, so you know, like you know, the meal and a little thing on the on that, and because uh, you're you're using all the South African stuff, it's just that the airplane and the crew is from another airline, mm-hmm. and so uh, but those airplane and air, airline are representing South African. Uh, it's yeah. almost it's almost like um, let's see if it happens first of all. Yeah, I, I need to go look up uh, see if I can find the information on the flight that I did, but but when you're on. Um, it's, it says, welcome to South African Airways flight, whatever. And uh, so when you get on, it's South Africa and it's not the other airline. They, they yeah. everything, yeah. That's actually yeah. expensive, but. Yeah, no, but given that South African is a biracial country and Ethiopian, Ethiopia really isn't, I'd be interested to know what the crew uh, would be like. Oh, you mean biracial? I mean, in black and white? Is that what? Black you're and white, yeah. Oh, okay, primarily. Um, yeah. But I guess uh, they'll be primarily black on the Ethiopian flight yeah. because that's um, that's the dominant. That's the do- it's, it's it's weird to think of South Africa as not being black as the dominant race, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, that that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. But no, what with wet leases, you're basically just getting the airplane and the crew. Yeah, and you're representing so. the other, the other airline. It 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 makes sense, right? I mean, if you can make some money on your planes that you're not using, you might as well hmm. do it. This was also from airline geeks. Yeah, but anyway, let's uh, move on. All right, good deal on that one. Hey, um, we're gonna switch to aircraft for a little bit. And um, we've got the Airbuses. Uh, I saw this really cool story about the Airbus and they're making, a, so when Airbus makes a type, they always have like a, um, a corporate jet version of it usually. Um, and uh, they have a new type, which is the A220 and Chris is gonna tell you more about so, what they're doing. Yeah, this was, I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't happened earlier, but um... I have a few interesting details about this. This is the this is about Airbus introducing the ACJ220. Now the ACJ has typically stood for the 320, the 321, the 319, and maybe even the 318 for Airbus corporate jet, which is really an Airbus 320 family aircraft outfitted in a VIP interior with a VIP interior. Money, money, money. Now, yeah. <laughs> So now they've introduced the 220, which of course is the old Bombardier, the 300, the CS 300, mm-hmm. sorry, the CS-300, but they are basing this on the Dash 100. But what I found what to be particularly impressive is that this has a 10,000-ish kilometer range, which is about 5,500 5, miles. And can fly 12 hours nonstop. And some of the city pairs they mentioned that could be flown nonstop with this aircraft in the ACJ format for 18 people are London, Los Angeles, Moscow, Jakarta, Tokyo, Dubai, and Beijing, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got five additional fuel tanks, which adds about five and a half tons of weight to the aircraft. But still, um, I think it's pretty impressive. There's uh, 700, 785 square feet of uh, 
interior space, which is about 73 square meters. Um, it's got 787 style windows, which are the electrochromatic. So no more, um, what are those called that you pull down? Blinds. Blinds, yeah. So you press a button. Not a big fan of those, but there you have it. Um, and there, um, they have six VIP areas in case you need extra privacy. And their biggest competitor is Gulfstream. Mm. Their superior, superior services that they offer, customer yeah. service. So I, I checked to see how many business jets were really sold in 2019. And I was surprised to read that Dextron, which owns Cessna, um, had 206 deliveries in 2019, followed by Gulfstream, which is, of course, the G550 and the 650, with 150 almost, then Bombardier, with 140, Embraer had 109, Airbus had a whopping six, Boeing had even less at two. Hmm. So, um, I just thought that it was an interesting addition to the corporate jet listing. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> they already have orders for six, and they've partnered with a company in Indianapolis, in Indiana, in the US, yeah. which is an established uh, VIP installer. There's, so, there's so many people with money in this world. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> this could also be useful to certain countries, right? As government aircraft, because yeah, 12 hours yeah. is a long flying time. So we will see. Yeah, that's, in, that's, that's impressive. Um, all right, so we, we, we have some updates. Um, uh, we had talked about Thai's, Thai Airways not having, um, not doing so well. It was and a couple was, of weeks ago. Yeah, and, it's, and so uh, what's going on? I mean, they're, they're, what are they doing in terms of alternate revenue streams now? So I was surprised that this was on actually a US network, ABC News, which is nice to see. But we had, uh, discussed this maybe two or three weeks ago, mm -hmm. that Thai International, uh, based in Bangkok, um, is also in danger of closing down. But of course, that'll never happen. No. They have <laughs> about 10 billion US dollars in debt. Wow. A lot of it is due to corruption, but that's another issue. Um, and they were looking for alternate ways to raise revenue. And one of them was to open their flight simulators for use by the general public. Right. And finally, we have few updates. Not as much as I would like, but um, the, the prices were 20,000 Thai baht or about 640 US dollars for 30 minutes. And it turns out that in the month or so that they've been open for public use, they've had 100 customers. Nice. It's pretty significant. Of course. Uh, the most popular destination on the simulator is Tokyo. Um, and I believe last week, um, Paris was a uh, featured airport, I guess, to land. Yeah. The oldest trainee is 77. Nice. And the youngest is seven. Oh, I want to know who the parent is of the seven-year-old who can afford 
640 US dollars for 30 minutes for their seven year old kid to use a real simulator. For sure, anything to make your child happy. I mean, thank you. And entitled. No, but you know what though? If, if you have the money, you know, why not? I mean, True. We're, we're gonna die. We're all gonna die anyway. You know how kids are with pushing yeah. and punching buttons and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that that kid is uh, airplane geek. My nephew has been playing flight sim forever and he still right. continues to play it. And he's played, he's four at four, 14 now. So um, yeah, it's, but, it's good. That, that kid's gonna be a flyer before you know it, right? It will, he'll be flying us around when we're all in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> so then the other issue we talked about was this little cafe. And it's apparently called the Royal Orchid Dining Experience. Oh, well, Royal sense. Orchid is, is the service of Thai. Yeah. That they opened in their canteen in Bangkok at their headquarters. And guess how many customers they've had on average per day in the last four to six weeks in operation? I'd say about 400. Double that. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's wonderful. Yeah, people are bored, Kishore. And it, it, they're just yeah, going out but, to lunch. You know, they're probably testing everyone, taking temperature checks. Yeah. Making sure you wash your hands and all that kind of good but stuff. You have three classes of service. First, business and walk-in. Uh, and you have food service and uh, price difference based on that. First business and walk-in. That's funny. Menus are different. <laughs> so, so then can you... Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. I want to go there. Yeah, and, and obviously people are doing it, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. People, so, people good Asia, luck to them. Yeah, and people in Asia have a different... Um, sense of aviation than people elsewhere yep so that's why things like these really work there uh, remember we don't even have a uh, a flight to nowhere yet we, we still have yeah. our bets on my, my bets on delta and you're on southwest right yes all right so we'll see what goes uh no good for them um and so what's what's uh what what's ethiopian doing uh now so they joined the list of worldwide airlines offering free COVID insurance. Uh, This is with a company called Shiba Comfort, Mm -hmm. which sounds a little odd, but I'm sure it makes sense. Um, It's valid for 92 days for a round trip ticket. Now, I don't know why it's not 90 or 95, but 92 and 31 days for one-way fares. It starts October 1st, so it's already in um, available and goes until March 31st, 2021. And it's pretty standard compared to all the other airlines offering um, about 100,000 euro, no, offering 100,000 euros, which is about 117,000 US dollars in medical expenses and uh, 150 euros per day for 14 days for any quarantine costs. So as far as I know, this is the first African airline to to offer this, if you do not count the Middle East areas. But um, clearly this is something that is proving popular and airlines are willing to try it. Yeah, well, I mean, look, uh, we've always said that um, people are scared to fly. And so if you're scared to fly, 
I don't, the airplanes are supposed to be clean. That's a given. So don't tell me that the airplanes are clean. Tell me that I won't get infected or my, my chances of getting infected are slimmer, which means that is the guy next to an me. An impossible ask. It is an impossible ask, but Kishore, um, we know the planes are clean, but what people are really concerned about is the person next to me sick? And so, yeah. and, and if I get sick, what's gonna happen? And which is why we're gonna talk about this in a little bit, is why the airlines and the airports are finally doing testing before a flight. Because those yeah. are the things that people, will make people wanna get in a plane. So good for that. So, and you're gonna see that happens quite, but I noticed that with some of them, they're like Air Canada, I think it's Air Canada, they're ending October 31st. And so it doesn't say they're gonna extend it or they're gonna charge you after that. So did Ethiopians say anything that they're gonna do? No, I'm sure they will extend it. Well, it depends on the progress of the pandemic, right? Well. If and when the this supposed vaccine comes online, does it work But even then, or not? Even and is, then, it, is this program successful though? Does it stimulate traffic? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, even, so, e, e, but I think even after a vaccine, it's gonna take uh, a while for people yeah, to, to yeah. take it and everybody takes it. You still won't know if somebody took yeah. it you know, or not. I'm not gonna so, have, a, oh, I have a COVID vaccine sticker on my forehead kind of thing. Um, so, uh, all right, so. This uh, is a good segue for the next topic. Uh, yes, because, um, well, why don't we talk about, we have two, we have two new topics. We have this, you want to do the Singapore Airlines one first, or you want to do the standardized system to overcome COVID restriction? Let's do the standard one, application. Okay. Because that's a direct segue from the previous uh, uh, topic. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and for this one, uh, it connects what we were just saying, because airlines, they're sitting back and they're trying to figure out what would it take to get people on a plane? So what are they thinking of? So this is mean... This is being used as a means um, to standardize the system, worldwide system, to overcome all these national restrictions and quarantines. As you mentioned, people are not flying because they do not want to get sick and they do not want to quarantine at their destination. Uh -huh. So this is a program that has been sponsored by the World Economic Forum and it's called Common Pass. So this isn't going to be an app on your phone and it's going to be tested this week by uh, United Airlines on their United, on their Newark to London Heathrow flights and by Cathay Pacific for Hong Kong, Singapore. So what it is, is an app on your flight that will generate a barcode that is going to be accepted by, um, in this case, the UK, US, Hong Kong and Singapore, and soon to be 11 additional countries as a standardized means to ensure your safety before and after you get off the plane, get, before you get on the plane and after you disembark. So the US Customs and Border Patrol and the Center for Disease Control are actually monitoring this test. So before your flight, what you have to do is you have to take a test, um, a specified number of hours before departure. And if you're cleared, you will get a certain barcode sent directly to this app. 
And all you have to do then is upon departure and or entry into your destination, this will be scanned and you will avoid the mandatory quarantine requirements of the arrival country. And they've, this is clearly a means to try and jumpstart traffic because these airport tests are proving slow to stimulate any additional uh, passenger traffic on board aircraft. And one issue they have is that countries are constantly changing their rules. Mm-hmm. So how quickly this app can adjust. And that forms the basis of this test that United and Cathay Pacific are doing. I think it's a great idea, actually. You have one system for the entire world. Um, and it's backed by a significant organization, World Economic Forum. Yeah. So I hope it works because it might provide some clarity to a lot of passengers yeah. regarding their own personal safety. Well, the thing too is that so, we already have one system. It's, a, it's the thematic system that has all the information in it. It's just that the countries can't decide, um, should we, because initially, right, initially one of the things that they were arguing about was, um, uh, should you have a COVID, uh, it was a, wasn't a, you know how you have the, um, the, the health certificate? Yeah. For your vaccines and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, should you have one for COVID? And, and this is a means to address that, I think. Yeah, it, it certainly is. But initially they were like, no, we don't want to have that. And I'm like, well, COVID is no different than having a malaria shot before you go someplace to make sure you don't get malaria. It's no yeah. different, right? And I found it interesting that Tokyo is considering this for the Olympics and also Saudi Arabia for next year's Hajj pilgrimage. Well, it, it makes so, sense for sure because the world the world has to continue, right? And as, right. as um, uh, uh, it, because it, these airlines have to do this and the airports have to do this because otherwise we will not survive. Nothing else is working. Right. Nothing else is working. People as fast as it should. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was interested to hear that only 30% of the approximate uh, 24,000 aircraft that used to fly for commercial airlines are in service currently. Yeah, which, So I mean, they have to get that number up fairly yeah, soon. Yeah, you've got so to. Because airlines and aviation is an economic necessity. It is. Like and it or not. Gonna, yep, and it's going to take a longer time to get these airplanes back in the air yep. if we can't keep them flying. Um, so so just, to, just to understand how this works, uh, so it, it is that you get a COVID test. Yes, and uh, it's all volunteers. And so, and what, and, and what's the next step after you get the COVID test? So if, you, if you're negative or positive, um, you get this um, QR code sent directly to your phone. Okay. You have to install this common uh, pass app on your so, phone. So nothing goes to the airline. It just goes to you and the common pass people. Right. But it's organized through the airline. Okay. So I go yeah. to the airline. I buy my ticket to go somewhere. Right. Or I, I guess I should. You will be to... asked. See, there's not too many details about this, yeah. but you apparently be asked to volunteer for this on these two markets, uh, Newark, London, on United, and Hong Kong, Singapore, on uh, uh, Cathay Pacific. Whether you want well, to participate. Well, it seems now I don't weird. know who's going to pay for it though. 
Who's well, going to pay for the test if you're a volunteer? The traveler? <laughs> you still yeah, but pay, if you're right? a volunteer, you still have to you pay for it. No, I, mean, I think in the I trial period, it should be the airline. If I was traveling, I mean, I would volunteer to, to make the system work. But the place that they're choosing is London. And London just said that um, you can't get in no matter where you're coming. It, well, no matter where, but if you're coming from the US to London, you have to quarantine, yeah. even if you've taken a test. So, so I don't know why there's all these things. That market. Uh, what there's, happens? What happens there? Clearly, there has to be some sort of consensus that has to be reached before they announce this. There has yeah, to be. I would hope so. Otherwise, it would be completely dysfunctional. But but so so this is a way around the UK thing there. Quarantine, yes, and to try and stimulate market uh, demand, and to make passengers feel safe. Then what's the point of the UK having the quarantine if this is a way around it? Because there's no other standard, though. Uh, then the then then <laughs> I just don't get it, though. Because if the UK says you should have a quarantine if you come in, because what's going to happen is right. So quote unquote, you're in this bubble, right? Yes. Um, so you've taken you've taken the test, and you fly across the Atlantic. I just saw some pictures of the of UK. They are not social distancing those people on arrival. Nowhere, nowhere. Yeah. I mean, look at the French um, Open tennis. I, yes, I, they've got only a few people. Well, but they're still I, crowded together. They are crowded together. I saw. I saw somebody went to Anatolia, and they do uh, social distance people in uh, Turkey. Yes. Antalya. Okay. Uh, yep, at the baggage claim and also at the. Um, you know, when you're going to immigration, everything is social distance. And mm. the same person came from Qatar to London and they showed, they showed the connection between the airports going in London and it was chaos. It was a mad rush. Everybody was just all lumped together. So um, I, I don't, something is not right with this. I, I get so. that they're doing something, but you need to do it all through and through. The airports have to, have to help. But of course, they have to, right? Before yeah. they announce this, you would assume that they have the buy-in of all these airports. I would think so, but, but not according to the photos that I saw of the trip. And I'll try to find... Oh, it was. But remember, it starts this week. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. All right, we, we need to follow so, the story and see what happens with it. It provided there are details available and the press is notorious about not following through. Yeah, well, you know, but we can we can forget the press and just go straight to the airline and say, hey, we notice you're doing this. What are you doing? Because they should mm -hmm. have they should have something in it. Or, you know, we can go buy a ticket and see what see what the process is. Yeah. All right. Well, one more story to go. Um, we're going to talk about Singapore Airlines and cruises. No, not Singapore Airlines. Singapore. OK, Singapore. So we've been going on and on over the past several weeks about all these flights to nowhere. Yes. And this week I found out that finally one country has looking into cruises to nowhere. And although cruises are not directly related to um, airlines, and I wasn't sure whether to include this, but then again, you convinced me that the airlines fly passengers to these cruise departure yes, points. Do. So yeah, it sort of is included. So they're going to, to <coughs> excuse me, start this at 50% of cruise ship capacity. Um, no real description of how long the cruises are going to be. 
but there are going to be no stops, no details about the buffet on board or anything else like that, and whether passengers would be willing to board a cruise ship because uh, cruise ships have been known to um, have illnesses on board that spread very easily because of the close proximity of people. Because they don't have I just thought this was interesting that... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, that one country has finally started to think about this. Yeah. But I'm not sure I would feel safe, honestly, on a cruise ship currently. Well, um, it, it, it's funny you do say that because uh, I did read something um, where uh, <clears throat> one of the... So the cruise ships in the U.S. are still grounded. Then they're grounded until like March yes. or something like that. Um, or I guess... Singapore is also banning oh, all okay. cruises. Is grounded the right word? Or, or is it birth? Birth. I don't know what the right word is. Yeah. <laughs> it might be birth. Birthed or whatever. Um because if a ship is grounded, you're in big trouble. <laughs> you're in big trouble, exactly. Uh, and they were talking about that. They are working on ways to make the ships. Um, basically, there'll be a COVID, a COVID-free zone. <clears throat> so they will do testing um, of people before they board. But as we know that, you know, you can be negative for COVID today and be positive tomorrow. Right. So uh, my guess is that... Um, Maybe they'll be testing people every day. Um, you twice know, a day. Or twice a day, maybe doing the food thing differently. So it yeah. means that um, they have to figure out, uh, they're probably going to have to use, you know, get better, better testing. Uh, instead of sticking something on people's nose twice a day, that might not be a good way to go on vacation <laughs> if you really want to get on a cruise. And then also, I mean, the big side of cruise, and you've taken cruises, so you know, is visiting all the new places. And so, right. you know, at some point, you got to get off of the ship. and Not with uh, this one. Well, not with this particular one. Uh, and cruise, cruises to Norway is not, a, is not a new thing. I mean, I actually did a, a cruise to Norway from here. We, we went around the, the, the Gulf uh, from Galveston to Gal. Actually, it was from Port of Houston to Port of Houston. And um, okay. yeah, it was actually, a, it, it was overnight. We left like about six o'clock at night and we came back 6 a.m. the next morning. A beautiful thing. Uh, so cruise to nowhere is our thing, um, but you know if you do like a seven day cruise or something, you want to get off of the thing. Yeah, yeah. But, I think this would be one or two days max. Yeah, but you know a lot of these cruise ships <clears throat> they have their own islands, uh, so they yeah. they will go out to those to those islands and stuff like that. But then you know they have to make sure that those employees are tested and all the services that they provide on there, and I'm sure they would. Uh, but the whole idea behind cruise ships is that they bring income to the countries right. um, that they visit as much as people are against them, but um, they are mainstays and livelihood of these. For a lot of people. A lot of people, uh, especially in the, in the Caribbean and in the uh, Pacific. Um, so they need to figure out how do I, when you dump someone on an island, uh, like I know St. Martin, for example, um, they, they, they're COVID-free, uh, or at least they were, um, or they have a very small number. So when you bring a big cruise ship on there, you know, what happens? I mean, what's the procedure like? So we kind of need more details, but I'm sure they'll have more details. But the CEOs and stuff of the cruise line, they're thinking of how they can get people back on a ship. And I'm assuming that they're going to do HEPA filters. No idea. 
uh, I mean, you know, they, they again, need to... this, this is from the Independent, which is a UK newspaper, yeah. and the Singapore Tourist Board is just looking at it. So that would be interesting. Yeah. interesting to see. Right. Um, now, I hope it does succeed. I do, I do, because I, I, I want people to get back in the, get back, you know, to their, to their regular lives. Um, we just have to be cautious with it. Yep. Um, so how are we doing on time? Uh, we're good. Actually, we're over, but we're done. <laughs> that was the last story. Okay. Yeah, so we're good. Um, but yeah, so no, that, those are some good stories. Uh, is that it? Yeah. So um, you actually had another question, right? Oh, yes, we did. We were talking help. about what the, the, the question that came in was what happens to these planes when they, so they're throwing a lot of these planes all over the place. A lot of them are newer. And like a lot of them are newer, like, like the 380s. I mm -hmm. mean, yeah, they're not like, it's not that- So explain the question that you got planes. of your uh, viewers. Yeah, so the question was, if I can find the exact question. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. It says, um, what becomes of these newish planes? Are they scrapped for metal, and, uh, et cetera? And uh, what about the old ones? You know, what happened to the old ones? In terms of newish planes, I have limited knowledge. Like, um, I think earlier this year, or was it late last year, the first Singapore Airlines A380 was essentially scrapped in France. Now, this was a plane that is not more than 15 years old. I would say it was newish, but for whatever reason, it was scrapped and parted out. Now, um, other 380s from Singapore, actually one, I believe, has gone to this Portuguese airline called High Fly. And uh, what they have done is to essentially convert it to a freighter. Now, you have to remember that the A380 was not designed to be a heavy freighter like the Boeing 747 was. Mm -hmm. So you cannot put containers on the main deck. And uh, given the size and the shape of the fuselage, it's not very efficient as a, a freighter with containers. Uh, okay. So this is mainly for PPE cargo, which is not that heavy, but this aircraft can accommodate a lot. So... Um, I really don't know what a lot of these newish 380s are going to uh, become. Yeah, I doubt they would be scrapped because they're still worth something, but they're also way too large for current needs. So what a lot of airlines are doing are just storing them for long term. Um, figure out what happened. Because it, the yes, and figure out later what to do yeah. with them. The industry is going to recover, right? I mean, we're not. Yes. This the is going to last forever. Right. Um, and whether other aircraft will, like the seven, the triple seven X, will supplant these three eighties. Exactly, because people are waiting to travel. They just. Yeah, because remember, there are a lot of uh, the triple seven three hundreds that mm -hmm. are also relatively newish. I um, would imagine a lot of them would be converted to. Pago planes, like um, IAI is doing in Tel Aviv, or they could be taken up by other airlines at a relatively cheap price, given how efficient they are. Fuel like like uh, Rosia and um, the AK and the other airline in the US, Avatar. Family. 
<laughs> called family. So, yeah. So I don't know if there's a rule book yet on what to do with these Jewish plates, other than to just there. store them for now and wait and see what happens. Because the older ones, you know, they usually just scrap them. Or right, for their engines, especially. Yeah. Or some, and Because every parts. time you see them, there's no engine in them. And the rich people will, uh, will end up just buying one and making a house out of it or make a restaurant out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, was no. a good, that, was a, that was a good question, Go. Well, that's kind of our take on it. If you guys have anything additional to add, uh, please drop us a note at feedback at passrider.com or um, just go to passrider.com slash W-H-I-T um, slash episode dash 42 because this is actually episode 42. Oh God, that's, <laughs> that's too much of a mouthful to remember. <laughs> well, it can always hit pause. But just go to passrider.com um, slash W-H-I-T and you will be able to see um, all the information in the send us a message. Um, that's all we have for today. Uh, did you have anything else, Krisha? Not right now, no. All right, perfect. So thank you guys for listening and watching. Um, and uh, remember, we are on Spotify. Uh, we are on iTunes. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Amazon, Amazon Music. Uh, we are on Stitcher. Um, I think we said it has Spotify right about, but we're on all the networks. So that's good. And with over $200,000, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and that's all we have for today. So this is uh, Kerwin and my buddy. Sure. We are signing off for another episode of What's Happening in Travel. <laughs>